0: Everybody. welcome back to a bit of fun with Emily. It's me, your host Emily. I'm glad you're here. Episode 11. Can you believe it? We're already at episode 11, and today we're talking about Lilo and Stitch. It always surprises me a little how beloved this one is among Disney enthusiasts. I mean, it's not one of my beloved, but the diehards are a bit feisty about it, which I've never quite understood. I find it very interesting. I I don't quite understand. I would, however, love to have a conversation about it sometime with people. But as this is my podcast, we're going to explore my thoughts and questions while watching Lilo and Stitch. And as I'm sure you can imagine, there are a few, but if you want to talk about it sometime, Reach out. Let's chat. I love to chat about Disney movies. Can you tell? A quick reminder before we get started, though, that if you want to watch along with me, and by watch along, I mean tackle my Disney animated summer movie challenge where I'm watching 48 Disney movies. By the end of August, I have decided I'm calling it quits at the end of August. We'll see if I get through. You can download your own copy of the list and watch along, which is really cool. It's available in my newsletter just which comes out every single Sunday where I talk about pop culture and life lessons and whatnot, or it'll be in the show notes too. Either way, you're going to be able to download it. If you do want to sign up for the newsletter, make sure to subscribe because it'll automatically come to your email inbox every Sunday. It's that easy. Who's ready for a story? I don't really have one this week. I racked my brain for a story to go along with this one. Usually it just kind of comes to me while I'm watching. You know, something sparks a memory that kind of turns itself into a story that I mold into something we're sharing, but I couldn't come up with anything. Then I started thinking about Lilo and what I liked about her, because in the end I did really like Lilo. I did not like Stitch, which we'll talk a little bit about, but I did really like Lilo. And so I started to think about her quite a bit. That here was this feisty kid with a beautiful imagination. She paints pictures and refers to them as her blue period. She might not have her own store-bought doll, but she makes her own with a lot of creativity and even more heart. She doesn't know what to do with her frustration So she channels it into voodoo dolls made of spoons that she shoves into pickle juice. She takes photographs of interesting people that she just meets or passes on the beach, and she hangs them on her wall, and she calls them beautiful. She makes a fish that lives in the ocean a peanut butter sandwich each day because she believes that it controls the weather. I mean, there is a lot to love about this kid and her awesome imagination. And I started to think about little Emily, oh, so many moons ago. I'm not sure my imagination was awesome but it sure was something i mean i would plan out shows and drag my family into the garage to watch me perform i remember one in particular where i taped a a hand-drawn face onto a basketball and i named this character joe boy do i wish i could remember what that little skit was about I think one time I did a circus as well. There was a lot going on in the garage, guys. I mean, I would spend hours sitting in a cardboard box that became forts and castles. I would write stories and make up dances to Amy Grant songs with my cousins. There's just something so innocent about a child's imagination. But we lose it somewhere for some reason as we get older. Or maybe not lose, I guess, necessarily, but we misplace it. We push it aside because... We think we need to fill our heads with reality, with seriousness. We fill it with anxieties and car payments and deadlines, and we wonder why we're tired. I mean, can you picture what life would be like if that innocent imagination was right at our fingertips? Because it is. If we let it take the front seat instead of all of our worries, if we painted pictures that we refer to as our blue period, if we made voodoo dolls out of spoons and remember the dance routines to baby, baby... I mean, I don't know. I just, I think life would be pretty spectacular. I mean, it can be pretty spectacular to live in our heads just a little bit like Lilo and believe that an alien is a dog. There's just so much about the imagination that I miss that I wish I could get back to. And, and I think that's why I liked Lilo so much. So let's talk about Lilo and Stitch. But first, an overly simplified summary of Disney's animated feature, Lilo and Stitch. A deviant alien escapes captivity and falls to Earth, where it is adopted by a lonely girl and her sister that have as much love as they have struggles. Family wins out in the end. That was very sweet. I did pretty good there, guys. I stayed fairly positive. Are you ready for the list? Let's dive in. Number one. So Disney loves The Mutant, The Glitch, The Outcast. They're everywhere, actually in just about every movie. This is the first one in my rewatches that has mentioned loneliness, though. Everyone else seems kind of content, like they have a purpose, or they're surrounded by weird creatures that clean for for them, like Cinderella. No one else has mentioned being lonely, and Lilo is lonely, and I shouldn't probably love that about her, but I love that she acknowledges it. And I suppose, you know, it took that little kid to finally express emotions. Wait, wait, Wreck It Ralph just came to me. I as watching Wreck It Ralph. Ralph does mention wanting a friend, and Vanellope is definitely lonely. So we've got a couple other lonely characters in there. If there's more, let me know. I, I, this is an interesting conversation going on in my head all of a sudden about loneliness in Disney movies. Are people allowed to be lonely? And now we get to, to see that they are, so which is kind of cool. I mean, you get into Pixar, you get into lonely. But Disney, not as much. Number two. I mean, <laughs> this is a weird observation, I guess. I think it's it's nice to know that a sophisticated alien race doesn't have their it together either. I mean, they let a mutant, potentially dangerous creature, slip through their fingers, and then they send the doctor who created that alien who they had arrested to Earth to capture and rescue him. I mean, it's comforting in a small way that you think with their science and their technology that they would just have, they would have their stuff together a little better and they don't, so you know what? Just, I don't know, a little boost for humans there. Number three, why aliens? Have you noticed that every single Disney movie, I'm always, there's always one why, 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 why? This is my why, why aliens? This story could have worked out with any number of obstacles because at the heart of the story is sisters, sisters trying to get by family. So why a mutant alien creature with highly destructive behavior? I mean, it's just another movie pitch I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for. Let's throw a few random concepts together and see what we can come up with. Let's see. Um, Aliens. Yes, aliens. Aliens. And why not Elvis Presley? Let's just... Elvis Presley, and, you know, just to make things interesting, let's throw in the foster care system. How do those, how do those three things come together? It's fascinating, and I, I guess it really comes down to the genius of Disney that they are able to take random concepts, put them together, and tell pretty fabulous stories. Even if I don't love them all, they're still pretty fabulous. Number four, just a statement. The quote, we're a broken family, aren't we? Oh my goodness, that was just, that was sad. That one took me off guard a little bit. Man, that's really sad. Number five, Stitch is annoying. I I think I would prefer a talking animal to an alien creature that speaks gibberish. Me, the me who has ranted on a few different episodes now about talking animals. That's how much he just kind of got under my skin. And I really don't like his ability to suck his appendages up <laughs> to his body. And saying that out loud seems a little dirty and wrong now. So I do apologize for that. But I, I didn't like that when he popped his arms back in and then he pops them out at the end. Uh, You know, he he looked alien enough without those extra arms and legs. Why did they have to add that element to it? I don't know. Number six, how in the world are the aliens in disguise at all passable? I mean, everybody, there was occasional look like, huh, what's going on? But nobody really questioned except for Nani with Stitch, but she didn't question too hard. I mean, we've got a Clark Kent situation going on here to the extreme. There are just aliens walking around and no one one notices. How is that possible? I mean, Jumba, Dr. Jumba has four eyes. You cannot hide four eyes. So how did no one think that was odd? And maybe that needed to be explored a little more. Number seven, on the beach. Lilo plugs in an amp. So it's the scene where um, Stitch is dressed like Elvis Presley. He's going to perform on the beach in front of people, and she plugs in an amp. But the ukulele isn't hooked up to anything. (laughs) What was the purpose of the amp and speaker? And I I get the connection to Elvis Presley, but I'm not sure I believe that a seven-year-old would be all about the king. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Who am I kidding? I have liked many an odd musical thing that can only be explained by the fact that I like what I like. I mean, I I went through a a Dean Martin phase, a pretty, pretty intense Dean Martin phase. He's still my favorite crooner, by the way. He is the best crooner. Step aside Frank Sinatra. Dino is the man. And I'm also currently obsessed with Dolly Parton. So I guess maybe I, I can, I can stretch my imagination. Never mind. Scratch that. A seven-year-old can completely be in love with Elvis Presley. It's not that odd. Number eight, why would a former CIA agent slash social worker, whose name is Cobra Bubbles, I I don't love really random character naming. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But why does he just follow this tiny family around as if they are the only family on the island that is having problems? I mean, does he not have any other cases? There were sequels, right? Were there sequels to this? Is there a Lilo Stitch 2? I think there is. Is all of that explained in this? Why his name is Cobra Bubbles? Why a CIA agent is now a social worker? I mean, I have no interest at all in checking them out. And I'm too lazy to do any research to see if I can find the plots on Wikipedia. But I would definitely appreciate any spoilers that you want to send my way about this. Because that is an element I just... Couldn't really wrap my head around number nine. Once again, Disney characters are completely unfazed by the miraculous. Nani discovers that there are aliens on Earth right towards the end of the movie. Lilo has been taken, the aliens come down. She is confronting Jumba, Jumba, and what when Wendy Pleakley, <laughs> and she just. Is fine with it and hops on the back of a motorcycle with them and then willingly gets onto a spaceship. I mean, you don't know what these aliens are about. They could be lying to you. Aliens seem a little shifty. Yes, I know she's going to save her sister. I get that. You're going to do whatever you need to do to save your sister. But there are aliens. Aliens. I mean, I would not act that cool around English speaking aliens. And David, David gets knocked off his surfboard, turns around, and hey, there are aliens! And he's just like, "It takes two trips to get everybody back to the shore." It's just, it just amazes me how quickly Disney characters can bounce back. I just, I try to imagine myself meeting aliens, which is kind of on my bucket list. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I would, I would not be that cool about it. And I also on my bucket list is to have a genuine conversation with someone that believes that they have been abducted by aliens. I, I want to hear their story. I think that would be fascinating. And you know, the fact that we kind of glanced over that it was revealed in 2020 that there, there are aliens or there's proof of aliens or clues that spots aliens, man, 2020 was something, but it is exciting. I think I want to believe that there are aliens. We're getting off topic here, aren't we? But aliens fascinate me. I did get into another very strange phase, along with Dean Martin and Dolly Parton, where I would stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning to listen to Coast to Coast AM, to hear the talks about alien abductions and paranormal encounters and people who believe they are psychics, and there is just a crazy, kooky, fascinating world of people out there. And I, I want to meet them all. I want to talk to them all. And I won't make any faces when you tell me your stories. I really want to hear it, man. People have lived some lives and I want to hear all about it. Oh, anyway, number 10. Last one. <laughs> last one. We're going to make it through this list. Number 10. The end of the movie makes you believe that Stitch's whole purpose was finding his family. That's why you know, that's why he was there. That's what that makes you think. But that wasn't why he was on Earth. This wasn't an E.T. situation where he got left behind. He was made in a lab and works with the doctor who created him, right? And he knows where he came from. And there was no context at the beginning of the movie that would lead you to believe he's longing for family. He's kind of this obnoxious, I mean, he remains obnoxious, but obnoxious and dangerous and chaotic force at the beginning of the movie who has no care for anything. So then he gets to earth and his first night with this little girl, he finds a book, sees the ugly ducking is like, I'm lost. It's, it's an odd, there was disconnect in the storytelling somewhere. I wonder if there were some scenes that were left out or something that got cut or, um, a turn that they decided to make in the plot but then they didn't go back and fix the rest I don't know something something didn't line up Ralph so how I mean how did he connect with that concept anyway lost when he was really running away he was escaping and kind of fascinating the connection with ugly duckling I mean outside of the fact he is kind of he's ugly he's cute ugly I guess I mean After the arms sucking up into the body thing, he was kind of cute. I didn't look like a dog. How he would ever be confused as a dog, I don't get. I'm done now, guys. Don't worry. I'm done. That was ten. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get this wrapped up with some life lessons. So, along with the power of imagination, I think there's a nice thread of hope and belief throughout the movie. Lilo hopes that she finds a friend and believes that friend is Stitch, an answer to a prayer, her little angel. Nani hopes to find a job and believes that she can keep her small family together despite the odds. David hopes he can convince Nani to go out with him and believes that Nani and Lilo can figure out a way to stay together. Dr. Jumba and Wendy, hope they can capture Stitch and return him to the Galactic Federation and believe that by doing so, they can square with the Grand Councilwoman. I mean, everyone in the movie is hoping for something and believes in a positive outcome. And I I think that's the lesson, that there's always hope. Sometimes it's hard to muster. Sometimes the odds seem too big, too overwhelming. Sometimes all seems lost, but there is always hope there, always. Even just a glint, a sparkle. And if you can focus on that hope, believe in that hope, the odds, they start to even out a bit. Even when they don't, you feel the even out inside of you and you're able to focus on whatever that right next step is that you need to take to overcome those odds. So be like Lilo. Have some hope and just believe in things. Believe in the miraculous. Believe in the wacky. Believe in the crazy. Just hope and believe. The final wrap up favorite scene, would you believe that it's been a day or two from the time I watched the movie to thinking this through and planning out the episode and I have completely forgotten any specific scenes. <laughs> Guess that kind of shows how attached I am to this one. But from my cloudy kind of tired memory, I'm going to go with the scene that I talked about in the list where Stitch is dressed as Elvis on the beach, even though it, that scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me what Leela was trying to do a stitch, but it's still cute. I mean that that little dude, he does rock an Elvis suit. Um, so I think that was probably probably my, my favorite scene to see him all jazzed up with the hair and the glittery suit. Have you ever been to the state fair when it's Elvis Day and there's a lot of gentlemen wearing a lot of really thin, tight one piece suits that they should not be wearing? I got off topic again, didn't I? Never mind. Favorite song. Well, I've got to go with the Hawaiian roller coaster ride. It's light and it's peppy and it's warm and it feels like summer. And I do like that scene where they're surfing together and Stitch is watching them. See, I do remember a scene. Stitch is watching them from the beach um, becoming a family. And he really starts to understand what family means. I did like that one. And my favorite quote. Oh, the the beginning scene where Lilo is at dance class. The the quote, if I give Pudge Tuna... I'd be an abomination. The whole conversation about feeding a fish tuna and her realizing that she cannot do that and just how distraught she is that her sister did not have any peanut butter in the house. It was adorable. That scene was adorable. I like that one. So what do you think of Lilo and Stitch? Is it one of your favorites? Are you ready to come after me? Please don't. Please don't. We can talk about it. Really. I am a pretty chill person. I am open to fun conversation. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings if it's your favorite. I'd love to hear why. (laughs) Quick rundown of what else I've watched. I finished Fantasia. Still an eh for me. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I get what they're trying to do. And in that way, it's beautiful. And it was different. And it was new. Um, But it's not... It's not one I can just sit down and watch. It's almost one I have to have just playing in the background. I did tackle Wreck It Ralph too, which I love. I love Wreck It Ralph. The video game world, traveling between the games and the bad guy therapy group is so clever and smart. I do love random therapy groups. There was a great book series. I just keep getting off topic, guys. But there's a great book series by Jasper Ford called the, the Thursday Next Series. The first one is called The Air Affair. And it's about a woman in this kind of offbeat English world who can travel into books. There's a whole police force where you travel into books to make sure books stay the way that they're supposed to stay on course. And it's all about Jane Eyre in the first first book in the series. But there is a scene where there is um, an anger management intervention, basically, for Heathcliff and Wuthering Heights. And it just, that always killed me. I, I love that. I think it's, it's just a clever way to bring characters who you know probably need therapy together. It's, it's kind of fun. I have watched 23 animated Disney movies so far. I'm mean, just shy of half, guys. Just shy of half. I'm calling it quits, like I said, at the end of August. I mean, who thinks I can finish? I hope I do, but I'm not sure. I believe I can. We're gonna see what happens. I I can maybe pull this off. I'm also getting easily distracted now with other things. I mean, I watched a Dolly Parton Sylvester Stallone movie the other night and thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. I think i have maybe a little disneyed out, but we're. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna keep keep going, keep ta- tackling these movies. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Really. It's so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you officially subscribe so that it automatically downloads wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you've got the time, it would be so awesome if you could rate and review. If it's nice, especially. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at gnomegirlm and Facebook at a bit of fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today and I'll see you next time.